Citizen sleuths are focusing on the brutal slayings of four college kids. A new Paramount Plus original docuseries. This is the start of something major. Follows online detectives as they unravel the mystery of the infamous Idaho College murders. There's plenty of places to hide a weapon. And turned it into a social media phenomenon. Where are the roommates? It is a huge night. I want the truth from you. Hashtag Cyber Sleuths. The Idaho Murders. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Welcome into the Ots and Audibles podcast. I'm Matt Prem. Eric Scopel is with me as always. And we're not doing the mailbag edition today. Uh, instead, we are going to break down the Penne Sewell uh, announcement that he is going to the NFL. He will be skipping his junior and senior seasons with the Ducks and preparing uh, this year for the 2021 NFL Draft. Who replaces Penne Sewell? at left tackle now for the Oregon Ducks. But before we do that, I want to remind you guys, we are currently running a two months for only $1 promotion on DuckTerritory.com. Yeah, that's right. Two dollars or two months for $1 gets you access to the Oregon Duck community at, at DuckTerritory.com. Expert analysis and opinion. Read all the content across the 24-7 Sports Network. Access to Oregon Duck Insiders, exclusive recruiting coverage. $1 for your first two months, then $9.95 thereafter that. Or if you want to save a huge chunk of change, you could go in and save over $40 by subscribing for an annual membership, one-time payment, $75.18. But if you want to figure out what that would cost you per month, it's $6.26. That's a significant drop from the $9.95 monthly rate that you would be paying as well. So good opportunities still abound uh, for you to join DuckTerritory.com, commitments, You get Oregon's recruiting class, which is the top five right now. And and football is theoretically, hopefully, a couple months away from starting up. So good opportunity for you to join DuckTerritory.com. Okay, Uh, Eric, Monday, the news was announced by Penny Sewell. He did it on social media. He said that he was going to sit out, essentially, the 2020 football season and prepare himself for the NFL draft. I, I don't think you, myself, our colleague Kevin Wade, or really anyone that has covered this Oregon football team, and I think hopefully any really dialed-in Oregon Duck football fan, um, anyone that's kind of paid attention to, to what's gone on the last year, two years with Penne Sewell, that, that they were caught off guard, that they were shocked by this announcement that he was foregoing his junior year and also his senior year to enter the NFL draft. Because – He is a top five NFL draft pick. He is a potential number one player in the country. He does does not need to play his junior year, whether that's uh, Thanksgiving when the season starts or whether that's in January or potentially in the spring of 2021 and in a season in which Oregon won't be competing for a national championship because they're not playing this fall as the other three power five conferences that are playing are. So really, what was there for him to gain? The, the, the downside was there was more downside than you know upside for him by playing this season. And so for me, I, I wasn't shocked, and I think you weren't either. No, I wasn't surprised. Um, as I wrote yesterday, nothing. There's no level of normalcy, and so I mean, it's bizarre that his last football game was the Rose Bowl he ended that game with a full year of eligibility required before being draft eligible at the time. And there was no reason to expect 
he wouldn't play that that junior season. But once things started getting strange here and the Pac-12 decided not to play during the fall, I think it just makes almost too much sense for him to just take the time, you know, avoid injury. We should note he missed half of his freshman season with an injury. Another one of those, I don't think it kills his draft stock, but if he lose, if he, you know, were to suffer a significant injury, that could certainly move him off the top two or three picks um, in the 2021 NFL draft. So I understand that. And I think for him personally, it's, what is he getting by sitting around waiting? I think at a certain point, you just have to kind of be decisive on kind of what you're doing. And there's so much uncertainty and everybody's just kind of circling the wagons right now. Um, you really can't fault Penne's decision. It's a decision that I think stinks. Um, it stings for a variety of reasons. If you're an Oregon fan, obviously you, you miss out on having a massive player with a huge national um, brand. He just won the Outland Trophy. He's a like I said, a surefire top draft pick, you lose that. And then, of course, you lose, and as we'll talk about it here, the on-the-field element of this is really big. Um, Oregon was really going to lean on Penne Sewell at left tackle. Um, he's the only returning starter from – here he was the only returning starter from last year's team. And now you're really – on the offensive line, I should say, and now you're really rebuilding from, from scratch. So um, we'll talk about some possible candidates there. But, um, yeah, not surprised. The timing of it is funky, but all the timing is weird. I mean, you've got a player – you know, in September announcing he's not coming back for his junior season. Typically that of course would never be the case because you'd be playing games now, but um, I think we get that. And, and now you just unfortunately kind of have to look at what this does to Oregon going forward. And, and again, it's, it's unfortunate. Yeah. Now, like how do we turn this into a positive for Oregon? Because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, there's no way that you can just go out and say, Hey, we're going to replace the best offensive lineman in the country. Probably the best, offensive lineman ever at Oregon and and not skip a beat like there 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 will be some kind of negative impact from an on-field production like there there just isn't another Penny Sewell uh on this roster but that being said at least Oregon now knows as of September 7th when the announcement was made uh Labor Day that Penny Sewell is no longer in the, in the cards for Oregon football in 2020, whenever the season does play. And now Oregon can kind of start operating and start scheming and really open up the competition uh, for that left tackle spot. And I, I, what makes it even scarier is the fact that Oregon now has to replace their entire offensive line mm -hmm. from the 20, 2019 football season. Because if you remember – Jake Hansen, starting center, he was a senior. Shane Lemieux, starting left guard, he was a senior. Dallas Warmack, starting right guard, he was a senior. Calvin Throckmorton, starting right tackle, he was a senior. And Oregon's top reserve offensive lineman, Brady Aiello, senior. Uh, so their top six linemen are now gone. That being said, Oregon's recruited at a high level. Uh, Stephen Jones is a four-star guy. He's the, He is probably the most likely candidate to replace Penay Sewell at left tackle. And we'll talk about that later on. But he's a junior – or he's a redshirt sophomore, excuse me. And he, in my eyes, Eric, wouldn't, it wouldn't shock me one bit if he flourishes this year at, as a sophomore and really strongly considers going to the NFL draft because he was the same year as uh, Penay Sewell and from a recruiting class standpoint – He's that, he's that talented, I think. I think he's a first-round, first, you know, second, third-round type of talent. 
uh, at, at offensive tackle. But you've got a lot of uh, options at, at replacing Sewell. And like I said, we'll discuss that here in a little bit. But at least now Oregon knows, and, and it's better to know now, three months before the season starts, than to find out week one of the season or to find out week one of training camp that, oh, we were expecting to have Panay, but now all of a sudden he's gone. Yeah, that's what I was saying earlier. The timing of it, while weird that it's like <laughs> he announces on Labor Day, which would typically, like I said, be during a season. Well, the timing of that is a little strange. Um, it makes a lot of sense for both parties. I mean, I think Sewell needed to figure out what he wanted to do. Was he going to stay and train in Eugene and prepare for his junior season at Oregon? Or was he going to start preparing for the NFL draft? And Oregon needed some sort of clarity, I'm sure, from Penne because we, 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 you know, it's not like this was just something that was being discussed internally about what he might do. Um, I mean, it was pretty obvious when, that is, you know, when the season was pushed back that, like, okay, what is Penne Sewell going to do that? It was, like, almost the biggest question mark from a personnel perspective, I guess, regarding what the season would look like. So Oregon did need, I agree with you, some clarity of, like, okay, are you going to be here 58 or do we need somebody else to, to replace? And of course, there's no pressure because <laughs> you want to keep Penny still here and you don't want to push him out the door. But I think, you know, they, Oregon needed some clarity here as well. So the timing of this is, I think, a, a win-win. Obviously, the decision isn't great for Oregon, but at least now knowing the situation and now knowing that there's a, a fifth spot on the offensive line that's up for for grabs now, um, there's definitely a pro- there's definitely some positive just in terms of like managing the roster, managing expectations and and potentially whatever these position battles look like when they do start. Now they take a little bit more shape um, at left tackle in particular. Now who replaces Penny Sewell? Um, I, Eric, I think the obvious one to me is Steven Jones. I think he becomes the odds on favorite to become the starter for Oregon at left tackle to back uh, to protect the blind side of whoever quarterback Oregon has starting at that position. Um, what players are other in, in line? I think there's a couple other options. Um, but the issue with Steven Jones here is he was supposed to be your starting right tackle. So I, I think basically anyone that I really strongly consider st- as a starter, uh, only one of them in my eyes, really isn't going to be uh, a guy that you look at and say, he's a starter uh, for sure. I, I think there's a good chance now that you're going to have to move Stephen Jones over from right tackle to left and have to replace Stephen Jones at right tackle. Or, or maybe a wild card here for me is Alex Forsyth, a former four-star offensive tackle recruit out of Westland, Oregon. Uh, he has played primarily guard or center for the Ducks in his first two and a half seasons, uh, first, I guess, three seasons if you count his redshirt year. Um, he's going to be a redshirt junior this coming fall or winter whenever the Ducks do play. But Oregon head coach Mario Cristobal, offensive line coach Alex Mirabal, every single lineman on the team last year named him as this is going to be the guy that's going to really turn heads uh, on the you know, and really impress everybody now that he's going to probably become a starter. It was just more of, He's a player that could play guard or tackle, but or guard or center. But Cristobal has said that he he knows every position. He can play every position at a high level, and maybe it's maybe it's a Forsyth and putting him from a right guard or a center spot at over to the tackle spot at left tackle because he might be just overall your your most your most skilled offensive lineman on the roster. 
Yeah, there's there's certainly a lot of candidates and how this could work out. And there was already going to be some mix and matching here. And it was going to be interesting to see where players sit, like settle in. Like, you brought up Forsyth, I think, is one of the prime examples of guys where it's like, in my mind, I could have seen him contending for the right guard, left guard, or the center position. Now I think you do open up tackle. Um, maybe he maybe he's a natural fit at right tackle if you move Stephen Jones to left tackle. Right. And, and, that, and that's the way it fits. I, I haven't seen enough of Forsyth um, as a tackle yet to really draw any conclusions. But a part of me wonders if he'd be better off as a right tackle, as a left tackle. Um, you know, and then, and then a couple other names that are currently at tackle to know. Um, George Moore, who just got a sixth year, maybe that ends up being pretty significant. Um, a player that we, he hasn't really played as a, as a, as a, as a you know, at Oregon. Um, frankly, been a pretty disappointing career considering how highly regarded he was as the top junior college offensive line recruit back, I think it was in, I want to say 2017. Um, so maybe he gets a crack now here at right or left tackle. And then the other player that's a full tackle that I think is also at least you want to have an eye on or at least be aware of is, uh, is Jonah Taliono um, because he was close to as highly regarded as Penn at high school. He redshirt last year um, in the spring. The kind of the feeling was he was contending for that left tackle spot was kind of going to be the understudy there. So I, I think to me, it's, is it, a if Stephen Jones is the best left, left tackle on the team, he's the best left left tackle on the team. And I'm probably not surprised if that's the case. Um, he made his one start, albeit in replacement of, I think, Calvin Throckmorton. Oh, that's right. No, Throckmorton had to replace Jake Hansen at center against Utah a couple of years ago, and, and Jones started at left tackle. So he's certainly capable of playing there, um, and I wouldn't be surprised if that's the, the, the result. And then it becomes who replaces him at right tackle. Is it a Forsyth? Um, is Forsyth maybe too valuable at, at guard or center to, to do that? Um, is it a George Moore or a, or a Jonah Taliono who slides over to right tackle? Could a Dawson Yaramillo or a Chris Rondazzo, two guys who are um, kind of waiting in the wings as well, are those guys factor? And I think there's a lot of interesting things here. And I think the first domino falls is who's at left tackle. Um, and then it opens up a bunch of questions from there. Um, probably like you, Matt, my best guess is Stephen Jones is the starting left tackle when Oregon starts the season next year. Um, but I just have a lot of questions even, you know, after that, there's still a lot of dominoes to fall about right tackle. And then if it's Alex Forsythe at right tackle, does that impact things at guard or center? And do we have these, you know, domino, domino, domino? I think this is going to be a mix and match here anyway. Um, this just adds a little bit more intrigue to it. Let's try and project here for a second what Oregon's offensive line could look like game one of the postponed or shortened however we need to figure out what we call this is it the 2020 season is it the winter season is it the the lost season um we need some we need some kind of name to call this because i'm not quite sure is it 2021 but that there's also supposed to be a fall 2021 season is it is it the 2020 season the 2021 season like basketball maybe i don't know i've I've, I've seen it referred to that way because i mean if best case scenario is the pac 12 does start sometime late in december maybe or november that's very much best case by the way um and then you're playing a 2020-21 overlap season but yeah i don't know matt there's not really any there's there's not a lot of clarity about what's going to happen with the season so it's hard to know what we should name it exactly too so Let's not go down that that that, that rabbit hole <laughs> for a second here. But let's let when Oregon does play football again, whenever that is, and however we call that, Oregon's <laughs> offensive line left from starting from left tackle to right tackle. Um, 
I, I wish I had wrote this down and I wish I had decided that uh, I, I would want to do this exercise before we, we started recording. And I realized the beauty of a podcast, we could literally just press pause and stop recording and talk this out and then present it as if we didn't make this decision on the fly, but that wouldn't, that, w- that doesn't. It's just honest. Yeah, it's yes. just honest. We got to be honest. It gives the genuine feeling of sometimes we just fly by the seat of our pants on this podcast. Sure. And so let's go from left tackle to right tackle. I, I think starting left tackle is going to be Steven Jones, the sophomore, uh, same class as Sewell, a, a guy that's massive, a guy that, that is incredibly athletic and someone that Oregon is extremely high on. I think he will turn a lot of heads from an NFL perspective and be the next great offensive lineman that goes off to the NFL after Sewell at left guard, TJ Bass, mm-hmm. junior. Uh, junior college transfer as part of the 2020 recruiting class. I think that's where we see TJ Bass land at left guard, big dude, really athletic, talented guy at center. I I am going to stick with Alex Forsyth. I think he owns the position at center. I think he's, he's Oregon's most versatile player. He's, he knows he's probably Oregon's most experienced guy coming, coming back. Uh, he's played in 12 games in his career. Stephen Jones has played in nine. Um, everyone else basically uh, hasn't played. I guess Sam Patasi has played in has played in 10, um, but very very limited snaps from Sam Patasi. Uh, he's a senior offensive guard for for Oregon. Um, Ryan Walk has played in nine. Uh, Dawson Jerlamo has played in one. Malasala played in three. Randazzo hasn't played yet for Oregon. George Moore has played in 10. So, yeah, Forsyth is, is Oregon's most experienced player. I think he's their most versatile player and a guy that has played uh, football at left guard, at right guard, at right tackle. Uh, I believe right guard as well. Or uh, left tackle. He's not played left tackle in, in a game. But that being said, I think he is Oregon's center uh, week one of their football season for me. Right guard, Malasala, Umave, Lalu. Uh, this was who was supposed to start at left, you know, left guard already. Massive dude, was one of the top junior college players. I think the number one ranked junior tackle uh, in the 2019 recruiting class. He redshirted last year but played in three games for the Ducks. And then at, and then at, at right tackle, I'm debating between George Moore, the senior, or Jonah T, the redshirt freshman. And to me, I am going to say Jonah T. I, I, he's a highly regarded freshman. USC and every other big school wanted him, but la- doesn't have as much experience as George Moore. But I, I just kind of have this feeling, and maybe it's, it's, it's unfair to George Moore, but it's, he's had three years at Oregon. He – He's had his opportunities if it was going to happen, you know, to, to really play. And because there was injuries at left tackle, Penny Sewell got hurt. Uh, we've, we've seen other players uh, get hurt as well along the offensive line the last couple of seasons. He, he just hasn't been able to really crack the rotation. And so, unfair or not, I'm picking the, I'm picking the redshirt freshman who's inexperienced. It's tough here with a couple of these um... – Sam Putasi is also in, you know, competition with TJ Bassett left guard. At least he was in the spring. Um, and then you got George Moore. These are two guys who are seniors who've been at Oregon for a really long time and haven't done anything yet. 
Um, and so like you, Matt, I have a hard time expecting one of those guys to really contribute. At the same time, I, I look back and be like, we didn't really think Bryson Young could do what he did last year. You know, you think about what his career looked like. Um, maybe a guy like Amor or a Putasi just is realizes the finality of, you know, of the circumstances and, and really pushes themselves and, and, and takes a step and becomes a starter. I, I don't know. Um, but those two guys are these kind of weird elements on this roster where you do need some veteran presence because you're running through. I mean, the fact that Forsyth is your most, most experienced player and he's played in 11 games and hasn't started any, um, <laughs> that's, pretty, that's pretty telling about your inexperience on the offensive line. So maybe I just hope one of these two guys is ready to contribute. I, I think running through there, I, I probably am in agreement, though, with you. I mean, I think left tackle, I think, is going to be Stephen Jones. I would also give Bass the left guard spot. I think center is, is maybe, I don't know, Ryan Walk, Alex Forsyth, Jonathan Dennis are the three guys I think that are kind of battling there. And, and I'll also give it to Forsyth. If it's another one of these guys, though, I, I really do like the idea of, like, if Walk or Dennis can play center, I don't dislike at all the idea of Forsyth playing right tackle. Yeah, um, he kind of feels like the Calvin Throckmorton kind of yes. on this from this group. I think that's the comparison to to make. Um, I I could also really see that being maybe the best case, especially if like, let's say George Moore just hey, not, I don't want to give up on him, but let's just say you, you kind of have to, and he you know he gets his extra year, but he's not really able to. Compete he's a depth for it. guy. He's just a depth guy, and he's not able to start. And let's say Jonah T is not ready either physically, you know, or or for whatever reason he's not quite ready to start. Um, Forsyth, I think, would provide that versatility and experience to play right tackle. And another option may be to move um, Malasalo to right, to right tackle. Um, I know he's been playing guard while at Oregon, but he's certainly got the size um, to play tackle. Uh, he played tackle, I believe, in, in junior college. I mean, 6'6", 325, so he's got some of that built in. Um, that could be another thing where we maybe we see him slide to right tackle um, and, and then somebody else can, can slide him to right guard. I mean, I think if you've got concerns about your your – depth and talent at tackle there's more experience and depth at guard and so maybe a tj bass moves over to right guard and sam potassi is good enough to play left guard i'm just we're, hyper, we're you know throwing a lot of hypotheticals out here but um that right tackle spot is probably the one assuming stephen jones is left tackle whoever replaces him at right right tackle i think is going to be the biggest question mark for me um whenever a season does start because there's just a bunch of different options and it's really unclear of, of kind of who's ready for that spot Let's since we're already in hypothetical land, um, let's end this show with this discussion. And for transparency's sake, we're recording this podcast uh, September eighth in the in the mid morning, early afternoon, and later today. So we won't officially know the decision that's made. But Kingsley uh, Suamataia is going to make a verbal commitment to a school Tuesday, September 8th. So this is one, you know, one day prior to the release date of this podcast. Let's just assume here for a second that in a couple hours, Kingsley commits to Oregon. How does he factor in to this position battle? Is he, in your eyes, trans, you know, transferable right over to left tackle as a true freshman, similar to what Penny Sewell does, or does he take over at right tackle as a true freshman? Is he in the mix? So are we assuming he's eligible to start playing whenever the season starts? Yes. Okay. Um, yeah, I think you, you absolutely throw him in the mix. Um, in fact, you know, we're going to, we have a lot of conversation regarding Kingsley that'll be, if he does pick Oregon on another podcast, but you know, you look at him, he is physically, I think pretty close to being ready. Um, obviously you'd like another 
four to five months like he would expect it to get in maybe six to eight months depending on when the season starts but physically he's ready he's really really athletic um I think he would be a great fit probably preferably at left tackle based upon his athletic skill set and you could have Jones at right tackle um I think that would be a huge development if they could get him on campus and get him running this year and it would also be just a really cool story the uh the unexpected kind of handing off of the torch there between two people that are, you know, at least their families are pretty close. Penny Sewell and Kingsley's family are, are very close. It'd be pretty cool to see that sort of transfer from Penny being the star left tackle at Oregon as a true freshman to maybe Kingsley can be the next one to carry that in the years following. And I think we, I know I wrote it yesterday on, or a couple of days ago on kind of the follow-up to, to Penny's decision. Oregon had not had an offensive lineman start as a true freshman to open up a season since 1997 before Penn A stepped in and did that. If Kingsley were to do that, um, that's pretty, you know, incredible company to be in. So I know we're creating some lofty expectations here, but like he's really talented. And if that scenario hypothetically was possible, yeah, I think he could absolutely be that guy. All right. Good discussion there on Penn A Sewell's departure and what's next for the Oregon Ducks. And to recap here, I think Eric and I are both in agreement, uh, pretty strong agreement that Stephen Jones is going to be the most likely candidate to get the first crack at being the starting left tackle for the Oregon football program whenever they start playing. And that right tackle position now becomes the one that's got the most uncertainty, but also the most options really. Uh, for a starter it really feels like four or five maybe even six guys could be in play to play at that spot and that decision there could really set the set the tone for every other position group uh, across the board along the offensive line who starts at center and who starts at the two other guard spots and so really good discussion there and we will continue to have more thoughts on Penny Sewell and the impact of his decision in the coming days to weeks here on the podcast. And for more information, go to duckterritory.com. You can subscribe today for two months for $1, two months for $1, $9.95 there after that for the month-to-month option. And if you don't want to subscribe, but you still want to support the podcast, that's fine. Uh, you can do so by leaving us a five-star review on whatever platform, whether it's iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, uh, whatever platform you use to, to listen to us, please give us a review. It's greatly appreciated. It helps us build up our audience even more here on Austin Audibles. For Eric Scopel, Matt Prem, you've been listening to the Austin Audibles podcast. Talk to you later, folks. New CBS Monday. NCIS. Here's where we can see them. NCIS and NCIS Hawaii return with all new cases. Double tap to the chest, one to the head. These guys are professionals. All new criminals. Finally, not letting the gut here. Walking to paradise. And all new crimes to be solved. If you're watching, these have been arrested. What are the charges? Just one. Murder. New NCIS and NCIS Hawaii. Monday, starting at 9, 8 central on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus.